In today's episode, I am delighted to share with you my conversation with Chad Alcorn with over 15 years of experience working with adolescents and adults. Chad has his PhD in clinical psychology from Adler University in Chicago. He also has his EMDR training in both level one and two and received a certificate in self-psychology at the Center for Religion and Psychotherapy. He lives in Glenallen with my dear, dear friend Rachel and his three amazing children. And he is a musician and plays the harmonica and over the course of the past couple years has been facing cancer. And in this conversation, we talk about how powerful music and relationship have been in helping him to inhabit this place, this precious body that is his. I'm Kim Rothwell, and I'm welcoming you to the Return to Embodiment. So, um, Chad, we're in your office, and as I was sitting here preparing to have the conversation with you, I was looking at your wall of books. Right. My books. There are so many. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's kind of my, um, my narrative of learning. Um, it's also kind of a connection to my father in his, uh, books from his training. Um, he shared some of his books. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Some old psychodynamic books that, and, and, uh, and I, I try to, uh, uh, have, uh, the, the books divided in, in certain sections and then, I jump around, you know, where my energy might be. I might um, be into philosophy for a while. I might be into religion, um, trauma, EMDR, um, psychodynamics, self-psychology, uh, Adlerian, and, and um, attachment theory. And I, I, uh, I can really go down kind of these pathways of of exploring and sometimes have a hard time integrating. And that's, um, uh, that's what I've been trying to do in this kind of, um, healing journey is, is be able to kind of integrate the pieces. And I've done that with, uh, my caring bridge writing, or just have done that in my, my treatment experience. It feels um, it feels pretty left brain sometimes, and then I try to access uh, right brain feeling experience with it. Yeah, my experience of reading the caring bridges, yeah, is that they're very connected to the right brain, whether it's creative process, right. music, right body yes yeah they they it, it it's written in more of a poetic manner that evokes my fantasy would be like a um if i were like uh 
a blues musician and I was um, trying to kind of access something in me in, 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 in a way that has rhythm, um, in a way that has like a beat and, um, but also kind of telling my left brain story. Yeah, you're describing integration. Attempts at integration. <laughs> and, and, and uh, yeah. you know, when I think of um, embodiment, um, the question is, um, you know, I... Are you ready for me to ask you the question? How well, is embodiment? I was <laughs> jumping... Well, I was, I was actually going to say, like, I can hear Josie playing the mandolin, you know, and that is her sense of embodiment is also my sense of embodiment. Music, playing music with others, and, um, and another sense of, of embodiment would be like, I think of, um, of uh, Heidegger's design of, of like being in the world and that that includes space, that includes relationships, that includes flow. And the other um, way that I've really been uh, interested in thinking of embodiment lately or self is this kind of internal embodiment with um, Resma Manikin talks about the soul nerve. And the soul nerve is the vagus nervous system that, that um, connects uh, to the central nervous system, connects to our digestive system. And, and so I've been kind of using uh, like my imagination to get a sense of like what um, is going on with my soul nerve and also using music as a way of kind of, of regulating my soul nerve. So whatever's happening with my illness, that there could be um, rhythm around it and there could be um like a, a healing process whatever it might be if it's like a casino boogie thing or if it is like a game of thrones you know violent thing between my t-cells and my non-self cells um i am i'm using like vibration and rhythm to kind of create uh some self-regulation and integration and so that's what comes up with me for me with embodiment of like of being being in the world being in space um rhythm attachment and then the soul nerve is that was a lot of left brain well, that stuff was, that was really good i want to take it in yeah um so for you, embodiment, or maybe you're likening yourself to my sister Josie and that she's a musician and sort of her aliveness yeah. comes from creating music. It's like vitality there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so for you, there's something there's something similar in that the, the rhythm and the music is an inroad to connecting to your own body and being yes yeah yeah the the music i mean like music is a way of of um of kind of regulating my system 
and connect on the inside and connecting with others on the outside. What also comes up for me with embodiment is, um, you know, kind of playing with polarities as a therapist. Sometimes I might look at, um, parts of the psyche that are in conflict or, um, looking at the, the two kingdoms of health and sickness. Like if embodiment represents something, then what's the opposite disembodiment. And, um, part of, uh, of being sick and having cancer, um, for me, that journey involves kind of exploring what disembodiment might mean. Fragmentation, disease, uh, death. Richard Rohr talks about the, the pathway of the descent or the de through dissension or disembodiment comes some type of transformation. You know, like something kind of comes out of that, which allows us maybe to move towards embodiment again. The disembodiment is very often a um, technique of survival, right? Oh, it's a okay. way. Yeah. It's a way that we manage animals become disembodied, prey becomes disembodied, right before they are killed. They right. lose body right. connection, body consciousness is a self-protective mechanism. Yes. And yeah. So I'm struck, I'm sitting here and I'm so struck by this image of, you know, cancer mm -hmm. and part of the healing process being allowing yourself to be disembodied for a while, allowing yourself space away from this, not that that's entirely possible, but needing to imagine that, needing to imagine, like you said, death. Yeah. Um, because yeah. the ultimate disembodiment, the ultimate leaving of one's body. Right. Coming back to what you were saying about Rosemary Kane's soul nerve yeah. and soul and blues and music right. and almost like, the process of re-inhabiting the body being one that's rhythmic and massaging your actual organs that, through music. Yeah, I like that. Massaging your organs through music. Through yeah. rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. Through the social dynamic of music. Right. Through your imagination. Right. Right. Five years ago, when in this office, all of my kind of stuff has happened here, you know, like, but it was five years ago when um, my back went out and I called Graham to come down <laughs> and get me up and I, I couldn't move. I was completely disembodied. Like my spirit tells me that that was like a way of my body giving me a message of like something's wrong, you know, and, um, and it's interesting to me that like my stomach where my, my, the end of my esophagus, the bottom of my esophagus, the top of my stomach where a five centimeter tumor is, is, is very close to kind of where I was having the back problems. And so I, for about four or five years that I had this back problem and then in the, in the summer of, of 19, I 
I um, uh, was dysphagic. Um, I um, my my uh, lymph nodes around my collarbones were swollen, and um, I I kind of resorted to what um, uh, Janaea Fisher calls maybe a little too much of a thinking brain, and saying like you know what don't pay attention to that I'm sure it's fine you need to keep kind of pushing along and uh, not really kind of paying attention to kind of what my body was trying to tell I was doing a lot of top down kind of stuff which I've done in, in my entire life whether it's sports which I love sports but um, there was a lot of that kind of or is it toxic masculinity or something but a lot of kind of um, just ignore it, push on. And what's been beautiful in this process is that my body kind of, we're learning kind of more of a bottom-up uh, experience. And and that's literally what happened with my cancer. It went from my stomach, it, it moved out, it moved up, and it, w- it was moving up my neck. It was in my collarbones and it was moving up my neck. I, I got the call from uh, my primary care physician after I did a CAT scan. It was right in this office in October twenty third, two thousand nineteen, that I had a that I had this tumor, and so, um, and, and if I could just kind of share a little bit of just like one other piece, because you know I'm having all these kind of shards of episodic memories that I'm trying to kind of bring together, and this is kind of what happens when when you have like um, uh, an experience that, um, uh, where, where you're confronted with death and, and that maybe I still am, or maybe I'm on, I'm in a place of, of like, um, moving towards a, a whole different shift of what does it mean to be cured? Part of my, my privilege in all this is that I qualified for the study at the University of Chicago for immunotherapy. And I, I learned about like what happens with, uh, cancer cells and t-cells and um cancer cells have um uh, some proteins uh, um that that allow for it to kind of um not be recognized and one that i had her too allowed me to be in this clinical trial and the other one is pdl1 they would um uh kind of do this kind of secret handshake with my T-cells that would tell the T-cells, like, just, you know. Let us be. Let us be. Don't move ahead, do anything. So that's what's happening on the cellular level. The and, deception. Right, the deception. And I, and I, um, I, I, I'm, I'm curious, like, is that form of disembodiment at the, at the cellular level? Um, mm. And then... Um, my treatment with margituximab um, is basically helping my T cells kind of identify um, the the non self cells. See it's through simple. the mask. See, see through the mask through through the deception. You had this injury to your back, mm-hmm. followed by this diagnosis, all kind of in this region mm-hmm. of your body that was calling you Mm -hmm. through illness and you got into this trial you were able to get an experimental treatment that has been working yes but when you got the diagnosis 
it propelled you into such stark facing of your death. Mm, We all we all are going to die and all of us kind of know that on some level, but very few of us pay any attention. Oh, yeah. But it kind of shoved it into your face and into the the experience, the awareness of your family as well. And so it became something um, you couldn't really leave. You couldn't really escape for a while. Right. Right. And and, and so and that is kind of like. Going down, you know, like into the descent, into the darkness, it it, it allows um, for a certain type of awareness. Now, what's happened where I'm at now is then um, what would it like to be healed or have the words, the language that oncologists use? Dr. Kanachi would be a, a complete response to treatment, um, remission. And that, um, I can't quite access that right now. Parts of me can, but I think what this has done is, is, is kind of, it's a, um, a transformation that, that, uh, there's no going back to where you were, you know? So, um, it's, it's so profound. And you're right. Like as we're sitting here today, there's there's good news. And I and I just want to kind of just open up and be curious as to any to any possibility. Um, so, and also do my my rituals and things that that um, have have been helpful. And my and and I'm working with a um, somatic experience uh, experiencing um, therapist that has been. Um, profound experience to kind of really go in and work from my limbic system down to my adrenal glands. And that's what we're doing. (laughs) And um, integration and embodiment with my digestive system. And she's a Dominican sister and, and, and she's looking for embodiment in all different parts of my body. For, for instance, my port, which is on my chest, we talk about disembodiment, you know, this kind of Kafkaesque uh, metamorphosis, like, who am I? I have this thing under my skin. And she'll say, like, well, man, this is like Uncle Frank, and the cells around are just getting used to him. And, and there's something, and this is all through Zoom. Something feels very mystical about it. Something is tied into imagination, um, but I feel very open to it. And, and so there's an acceptance right here in my body of like welcoming Uncle Frank, the poor, in. Or she might say, you know, something's telling me that your immune system is saying we have other things to do as well. It's like being grateful for my T cells or my B cells. Um, and so this is completely different from the type of therapy that 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 I do or that I've been in um, in the past. She's guiding you into new ways of relating to your own being. Yes. Kind of dis, um, dissembling some of the fear or based narrative 
of like, ah, I can't believe this thing is in me. This is a sign of my illness. Right. This. No, it's all, it's just Uncle Frank. I it's did Uncle not expect Frank. you to say Uncle Frank. <laughs> I know. That's what she said. <laughs> she came off as like Uncle Frank. And so she's saying, and so she's like bringing energy to like those. That region. That region. I'm like, let's just pay attention to those cells, right? She's not asking me up here anything about that. And there's some kind of process whereby your attention itself it helps to transform your relationship with your own body. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. It's like being in relationships, observing, trying to find a compassionate observation of the immune response. Right. Just like it's been um, opening up to receiving love, receiving prayer, receiving like self-energy, receiving um, uh, alternative medicines, um, like open up to possibilities. It's a way of kind of just accepting and, 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 and being open to accepting. And I, and I believe that's uh, a major part of, of healing is the openness to accepting and it's not easy to do especially it seems like the brain's job is to um analyze or problem solve or examine something (laughs) break it apart and fix it kind of you know it's a problem solving organ so if we're residing in that then our connection to this place that is us can very often become that critical or fix it as opposed to this very different energy that sounds a lot like meditation or sounds like um, observing consciousness sounds like compassionate holding of even what is difficult yes yes right because that that process of holding is transformative right i love that you know being open to the holding experience and I think part of what happens with illness is, is a lot of times there can be shame and um, fear. This is my private business. I don't want anyone to know. If I get up in my head, maybe there's a part that feels like uh, I'm being exhibitionistic. And that's okay. I don't feel very judgmental of that. Like, um, uh, because I know, in, you know, deep down in self that, that I'm just, I, I have to do it this way. You know, I have to receive it um, this way. So I have to be held that way. That's one of the things about this that has struck me is your willingness to share on the caring bridge. But also yeah. you before COVID, you when you got the diagnosis, you had like a music festival in your backyard where everyone was playing. It was like a cancer party. Yeah. Not that anyone was feeling happy, <laughs> but somehow it was a cancer party. You're, yeah. you're instead of, mm-hmm. instead of contracting around it, you actually opened up yes. and got support from friends. Yeah. Got right. community. People came together to communicate their love. Is that just kind of your impulse to be open and to just allow that vulnerability to be seen. I, I think it's kind of my nature. It's interesting. I remember um, I'm susceptible to 
the energy of others. I'm sure Rachel and I talked about, I hardly remember, you know, I uh, probably was dissociative for most of it, for most of the, the, the planning stuff, but I remember the, the connection parts and I remember the music parts. And so, um, yeah, I felt like there was very much, it was a cancer party, it was a love party. And that is a major part of healing. It, fe- it felt also a little bit like defiance, like, yeah, you know, like the fuck you cancer. We're yeah. not going to, we're not going to just, right. we're going to actually sing and, and make music. Right. Right. And it's interesting. In the, in the face of this thing. Sure. Sure. And, and, and the fuck you cancer, I, I, um, cause this is a whole nother like aspect of, of illness. I, I was trying to kind of identify what is that? What part is that? I think it's my survivor part. My survivor part is is kind of, you know, I'm on on like on the Peloton bike. Like I'm gonna live. I'm gonna live, baby. I love you know? that you have a Peloton. Oh yeah, of I course I, Peloton. of course I do. <laughs> that is like, or it might be the ego that's saying, the like, ego is we're so gonna do this. Sometimes. We're gonna do this. We got it. Yeah, and, and and a lot of and a lot of the energy, like Graham set up the, the this band. I think a lot of my friends, you know, kind of that's a message. Like we're going to defeat cancer. Now, I I don't think cancer is really afraid of 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 any of that. No. <laughs> you know, that's cancer is so not true. intimidated by my ego or my survivor <laughs> right, parts, you know. Right. And so uh, but it's but I think I could just kind of accept it as like a, a like a, a a a part of my psyche that's there, you know. That like yeah, I could rely on that. And I do a lot, you know, from the beginning. I was like I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going down, you know. And um but this is one part. I I I think yes. uh when when I'm, when I drop down a little bit more, you know, like when I go to, um, uh, would it be weird if I like played music a little bit? No, like, okay. I would love it. Okay, good. Cause I want to show you, I want to show you like, um, uh, what, like a healing thing that I do for myself and it's playing the harmonica and it's playing this kind of, this, uh, 12 bar blues and E minor and, um, and I'll just do, and I have this backtrack and, it, and it's just like, it's, and it's what I do to calm my, my soul nerve, you know, yeah. it's, vi- it's, it's vibration. Yes. It's vibration. And that's the embodiment of like, you know, flow, but it's also like regulation and that is, and that's part of the healing. Now, when I, when I drive down the University of Chicago, um, I usually listen to the BB King station. So I listen to blues. It sounds real synchronistic that I kind of have these lyrics that come up and, and, uh, but the blues relates to the descent, you know, the blues relates to kind of suffering and illness. And so all the lyrics make, make sense. And so on the caring bridge, I might, I might like, this is Johnny Lee Hooker, talking about the healer or um mr lucky or or uh, coco taylor insane asylum you know all this like accessing the soul nerve that is um kind of a ritual for me with blues music and so i'll just play a little bit I'd love here it. yeah thank you like uh let me see if i can it's kind of a slow e blues yeah 
that gets me, you know, gets my soul nerve going, gets like that vibration goes all the way down to where the tumor is or was and it gets gets me into that space you know that's that's my embodiment experience that's what and that's what i do like for myself with my healing i feel it yeah yeah you know like and it's slow and and um and some of those, like, the, yeah. it's kind of a way of just, like, expressing and regulating and slowing down, creating space, breathing. And, and the harmonica, to me, is, is very much like an embodied instrument. It's, it's, we do tongue blocking. It's on our lips. It's a way of like, of, um, of moaning, feeling, expressing. That's my like embodiment moment, experiential embodiment. And helps me kind of manage some, you know, the left brain conceptual stuff that, that I, that I want to do to understand. Uh, so, so it feels good too. Feels so good. Yeah, yeah. Slow. It's a and it's a slow twelve bar blues one four five. Are you improvising as you do that? You're, yeah, very yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's it's also like I I, I can't play. It's like it's like, like dancing. You're like you're yeah you're like mm-hmm. you're like uh, feeling into where you want to go next. That's it. Feeling into where you want to go. Right. Right. And that was a Nick Moss band and Dennis Grueling. Um, I take some uh, harmonica webinars uh, with him, and and so I'll try to try to kind of stay in. But you're also like a lot of times I'm just kind of going in, and I'm just imagining just like would an SE, like my tumor dissipating, or I imagine my T cells dancing, or um, uh, my kind of esophagus um working in in rhythm um i imagine my my soul nerve uh the vagus nerve just kind of calming everything down my parasympathetic system slowing everything down and um uh so it's real it's a real salient part of my kind of my healing process so yeah. So amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So this is sort of a practice that was the practice of playing in this way with this kind of attention and imagining of the spaces within your body and imagining of your your soul nerve. Yeah. This has been something that's come from your battle, your journey with cancer, your journey of trying to inhabit your body again right? and regulate. We were talking about that, that battle part where Mm -hmm. you talked about like, that's a part, that's the ego. Yeah. But what's really 
nourishing and what I'm hearing is like what's really healing is the fully moving into this beautiful, pleasurable place of making music. Yes, yeah, right. It's like the the better way of responding. It's oh, the yeah. soul way, not the ego way. Right, it's the soul way, or the capital S, like Jung would say, so. or, or something. Yeah, like it is, or maybe this is what the afterlife would be like, or... Or feeling connected to everything, feeling connected to the music. Blues is kind of entering into the descent, and you are mirroring what you hear. You're 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 entering in. You're you're mirroring what you hear in that in that uh, twelve bar slow E minor blues. So I'm playing the A harmonica, and so I don't know. That's what I picture. Maybe the afterlife might be like. You know, like a different a different like cosmic embodiment of like maybe we're just kind of connected into things we're all connected or connected in music that way so when it's connected into history yes right the blues has this rich history it does um of music being a way of creating community of creating strengthening identity and within the black community Uh, yes um gathering together right and 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 racialized trauma as i study the blues like i i i just um have a sense that that's also what it's about and so um, healing from the from the trauma or or like yeah being in in it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. being in racialized trauma mm-hmm. and i'm okay saying this you know like um a white male heterosexual um white privilege that i i'm privileged enough to to be in a clinical trial at university of chicago i don't have a an experience of racialized trauma that um, has impacted my immune system through the epigenetics. And so, um, and that's what like Jermaine, Dr. Jermaine Thomas, you know, helped me and others think of like our immune systems in, in, in a whole different way. Uh, racial consciousness has been another part of my kind of healing journey or my kind of curiosity, um, this, this, this past year. And, and, uh, uh and it, and it's complicated. And, and I try to kind of come at, just with the spirit of curiosity uh, it's interesting like the murder of george floyd really affected my system maybe more than um uh anything else this this past year going through cat scans and, and all that accessing the blues is also respecting the history of the music and um which moves us into racial consciousness and having to do our work there, you know. Resma kind of gives like this, this this kind of this term that helps helps all of us kind of understand um, our systems again of like what is what is the the soul nerve? How is it working for us right now? And I like other types of music, but this has been kind of like blues music has been kind of my like what I access 
in, in my healing. And plus, I, you know, I play the harmonica. So it's just like harmonica fits in with blues. I love the harmonica and your, mm-hmm. your, yeah. uh, your playing of it. And this idea of the soul nerve mm. and who teaches us that? Who guides mm-hmm. us into it? What are the mm. places and the spaces where our soul nerve vibrates? Yeah. And and I'm thinking about this as a parent. Right. As well as for myself. What are those spaces? Right. Yeah. Well, you know, like what comes up for me, I play the guitar a little bit, kind of a sloppy way of playing and um and the guitar um it kind of limits the body movement you know instruments like the trumpet or the saxophone that are more like related to uh, the mouth um allow maybe a range of 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 like movement with the body and that was for for harmonica like if you were to say like where did that happen for you like i like to move you know, and this allows me to move. You love to dance. I love to dance, yeah. And so when, um, uh, so like when I play, and I didn't do this, but I, I will, I will, I will move around, and I'm actually trying to feel like relax my shoulders, or I'm, or I'll feel tightness, or I'm actually doing like a yoga thing, you know, <laughs> now trying to stretch my hips out, you know, and I might, be, I might be like. And I, and I like I, I have this space that I'm moving. And, yeah, I'm and kind like, of I'm kind of watching you and you're standing uh-huh, and you're yeah. shifting your mm-hmm. weight from one side yeah. to mm-hmm. the other. Right. And right. kind of and moving through your hips sure. and even through your spine. Right. Right. I imagine like what that space is about like kind of creativity in the body having having the freedom to move. And and this is another part that I think has been um fascinating for me in this um kind of the uh working through denial of of death would be um grieving or or celebrating body uh even though my body feels kind of tired a lot you know and uh, and i'm older and the 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 uh the treatment um has taken some of my uh vitality away but I, I want to take up space, you know, and I want to be able to move and celebrate that because death is the death of the body. And so if consciousness goes on, then uh, there's still a grieving of, of the body and, and the, the, uh, that's where the despair is, you know, like, like, wow, we won't be able to be in this anymore. You know, it's Lent. Right yeah. now, yeah, and the uh, remember you are dust, and mm. to dust you shall return on Ash Wednesday is always such a moving image for me right. to to know that this place. You know, I, I've taken my kids to get get ashes, mm. and I just remember holding my babies and being like, "Wow, each of us, all of us, there's all none of us, of us that yeah. aren't going to." bid farewell to the place that is us. Sure. So often when we're 
tra- in trauma or in suffering, mm. we tend to contract and limit yes. our movement right. as well as the space that we take up. Mm. So those, you talked about your breath with the mm-hmm. harmonica mm-hmm. and your shifting and your shoulder movement. I can breathe fully yes. right now. Yes. I can take up space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I can inhabit. Mm-hmm. Um, is it's it's a an aim maybe of of a dance movement therapist to support that fullness. Oh yeah, that, yeah. Um, vitality. Mm-hmm. Even while we hold with compassion this place that is only here for a short time. Oh right, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as you're saying that, what comes up for me is, is, uh, you know, Fisher talks about these kind of emotional parts of trauma, the fight, flight, freeze, submit, cry for help. Um, in a way, those are adaptive strategies of, of, uh, restriction and protection, but like kind of moving into a place of flow allows for, um, a sense of like feeling safe and feeling um, uh, um, kind of present without feeling self-conscious. Like this is okay. You know, I'm safe. I can, I can take, I can move and I am not thinking about what you're thinking about how I'm moving. And um, I'm not thinking that there's something dangerous that's happening so that is um, kind of a, a way of, of accessing self, being in self, and, and, and feeling cohesive and, and, um, and okay taking space and being with, being with someone else in that experience. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you, you said a couple of times with the harmonica of like slowing down. Mm-hmm. Slowing down, yeah. taking up space, mm-hmm. like anything that you see a cat do. Right, right. <laughs> oh yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. <laughs> like cats just kind of have that like, I'm taking up space. Dogs are, you know, hyper... <laughs> Overactive, and and yeah, cats are comfortable with. <laughs> Maybe not in the interaction, but they're comfortable. Like this is me now, you know. This is this is how I how I kind of take up space. That's something I've had to learn. I'm playing that for for me to let's see if I can kind of get down in here. You know, if I were playing with someone else, maybe I would like. I, w- I would really step it back a little bit, you know, I, I might, I kind of uh, would uh, like, and then let maybe a bar, boom, 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 you know, let kind of feel it. Where, where are you in that? You, you know, and then... then it's becoming more of a conversation. Right. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> right. And so, um, yeah, it's a back and forth. So that's kinda... really like vagus nerve once again, right? The social yeah. piece. Yeah. Oh, right. Like yeah. I'm listening. I'm orienting to you. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. 
And, and that is the conversation is, is so important. Like you and I, 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 I'll be like, well, I need to, I need to kind of present what is coming. And then am I going to make that overplay it or make it a monologue or something? And, and so the back and forth is part of, of the dance and, and allow for that space. Winnicott would talk about this stuff of, of, uh, the mysticism that occurs in this in the space between the space two between. yeah like like an infant and the mother or transubstantiation and communion level like just that that is like be aware of self and other and and the attachment because sometimes in in this you might feel um like richard Rohr talks about like Young's idea of the shadow self and the separate self, the, the separate self wants to just like, I'm just, I'm alone in this, you know, there's no one there. I might do that with music. There's just me in music and there's the background like track and I'm playing for, for me and my parts of my psyche and, and my T cells and this tumor that's in me. It's a and meditative process. It's meditate It's meditative and it, and it might not involve, uh, others, that's been a little bit of a, um, at times one having that temptation just to kind of isolate. And, um, when you mentioned, um, Lent, you know, I, I think of like George, uh, anointing me you know, with oil or something like that, that, that brings us back to the vine and brings us back into connection, mm-hmm. uh, and in a relational way. So. So wonderful. Yeah. All of it. What we've explored today feels good. Is there anything else that you either want to think about or talk about in relation to this stuff? Is there anything else that was kind of on your mind that you wanted? You know, I, I, this stuff is a lot, right? It's like, it's so much. Um, So much. That feels like, what was coming up for me it felt like a, an integrative experience with you so i appreciate it Kim. an embodied experience <laughs> together i appreciate it too Thank you to Chad Alcorn for meeting with me and sharing your art, your laughter, and your integration with all of us. Thank you to the Embodied Education Institute of Chicago for sponsoring this podcast. And thank you to Josie Rothwell for the opening music and Aaron Kate Dunnick for the closing music. And thank you to my listeners for joining me in the return to embodiment.